There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello! Welcome to Blizzard Watch, the podcast where we watch Blizzard like an all-seeing eye. I'm Matt Rossi. I'm your host this week, as I am usually, although Anne has done it in the past. And I'm going to just throw it right to Anne right now. Hi, Anne. Hi. I wanted I... to introduce you first this time. Oh, well, that was nice of you. Hello. I got to Howdy. watch my nephew graduate high school this weekend. That was weird. I know. Isn't that good stuff strange? I yeah well the last time the last time I was at like a public high school graduation was my own because mm-hmm. um, my little sisters I was at college when she graduated and I wasn't able to get away to come back for her graduation and then I had my cousins but they were in a small private school which was a very different thing it was a religious school so it was more like a sermon where they happened to hand out diplomas at the end, right? It was just, it was this very small thing. So it had been a while since I'd been to a high school graduation. And I, I discovered that bleacher seats are just as annoying as I remember them to be. Mm-hmm. Um, high school graduates really, really don't know how to give a speech yet. Well, the, the, the valedictorian, <laughs> I thought it was just me that was thinking, wow, this is a little bleak, honey. You might want to dial it back a little. But like her her whole thing, she was like, everything ends. You have to remember, everything ends. So make the most <laughs> of what you got while you can. And I'm sitting here going, wow, this is really kind of dark, I think. And I look at my brother and my brother's just giving me this look like, did we come to like some sort of doomsday ceremony and we just didn't realize it? And then when they finished the whole thing and they threw their hats in the air... They played Don't You Forget About Me, which I thought was immediately appropriate, and I could not resist fist pumping while walking on the football field, but that's, you know, beside the point. Anyway, I was very proud of my nephew. He graduated. Now he's going to go to, I think, some kind of trade school because he's really into carpentry, and he wants to, like, do something with that, which I think is awesome. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Next, we'll move on to Alex because I have you – know, he's here, too. So, Alex. Alex. Um, I, high school graduations are kind of a doomsday because then you're an adult and you have to do adult things and that's awful. That's only if you like accept that reality. I never accepted that reality. 
I'll, I'll be honest with you, Alex. My high school experience was so utterly horrible that it it all got better from there. Quite. I I would I would agree. <laughs> I I guess it's you're going from one variety of doom to another. See, I I there's lots of stuff about being an adult I hate. The aging, the sickness, the various the bills. bills I have to pay. All of that's terrible, yes, but you know what has never happened to me since I left high school? High that's schoolers? Absolutely... Yes! I've never had <laughs> five five dudes come up to me and just start it, start trouble with me because they were bored. Yeah, right. Uh, right. High school um, cramming way too many people who don't know how to be people yet into a very small space relatively unattended. Yeah. Hi, you know what I haven't had to deal with? Homeroom. It's sitting, like, sitting there it's for like an hour every, for no every every high school in America is like a much larger and terrible season, four year season of Big Brother, where people <laughs> are just like wanting to kill each other constantly. It's it's not good. It's not good. I didn't I didn't enjoy high school really much at all. Um, there were Big Brother or Hunger Games here. These yeah, are Hunger Games maybe a little bit, but it was like it was you know I didn't really enjoy it at all. It it wasn't. I liked the learning bits and I liked the library and I liked doing plays and stuff, but it was mostly the people that I hated. And since the building was pretty consistently full of people, it was like, I mean, once, once I graduated, I didn't go to college immediately. I, I told my mom this and she, she was going to flip out too. It was really funny. I sat down with both her and my dad and I said, okay, so here's the deal. I don't want to go to college. And my mom start like she, she, she draws back like she's about to just like start screaming at me. And I said, yet. And it like completely stalled her in her tracks. And she goes, wait, what? I said, not yet. I'd like to take a year off and just go do real world things like get a job and work with adults and then do the college thing. And she goes, oh, OK, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> and, I mean, and that I was great. Think, that was great. <laughs> I don't think we need to talk about this topic for another hour, but I'm almost 30. I still have high school nightmares. That's how I'll put it. Yeah. yeah. High school is just unpleasant. But high school, many years after I've finished high school. One of the downsides of the host deal is I don't get to tell you guys much about what I did this weekend. And I would, but I've already done it enough on the site and then with my Twitter feed. So I'll move on. But Go to Rossi's Twitter, buy his book. Okay. Uh, what's, just, what's uh, okay. So we should talk about top stories because stuff is happening. Uh, and you're, you're going to see like some big Overwatch event this week? I Yeah, okay. So hear me out, right? Um, yeah. Coca-Cola is doing this promotion with Blizzard. And um, a particular, I think it's Cinemark, if I remember correctly, Cinemark Cinemas. Um, they're doing this partnership across North America and in Europe too, I guess. And what they're going to do is they're going to release all of the Overwatch cinematics on the big screen, like at a movie theater. And then they're also including a behind the scenes kind of developer panel that nobody's seen about the lore and the heroes of Overwatch, which of course I'm really interested in. The closest one to me that wasn't sold out was in Salt Lake City, which is about 300 miles from here, roughly somewhere in there so i was looking at this and thinking gosh that's really far away i i can't really no that's that's like too far away and then they came out with the dragon short <laughs> <laughs> at which point i watched it and i sat there for like a good i don't know five minutes after i finished watching it just sort of looking at my computer and then i went 
I really have to see that in a movie theater. So I went and reserved a ticket. I'm going to like drive to Salt Lake City and go see the thing, stay in a hotel overnight and then drive back home. It's an adventure. I, I don't care. There's also apparently Overwatch swag available. I don't know what it is, but I will find out. And I'll there let you was, know. There was a, I think a, from a French theater, I think it was going around, where a French theater mocked up like a promotional material for this. And they mentioned a debut of a new hero. Really? And nobody knows if that's legit or not. Or huh. if it's like people being spectacularly bad at translating from French to English or from English to French <gasps> or however that came about. Nobody really knows if there's a new hero being announced before Overwatch is even released. Okay, if if that's the case, I'm suddenly way more excited. I mean, I'm already excited because I like road trips anyway. I love getting in my car and driving a ridiculous amount of time to wherever I need to be. Um and driving through Utah is really scenic. You know, Alex, you've taken that right. drive before. It's yeah. just instead of going south to, you know, Arizona and Nevada, I'm going north to Salt Lake City. Um, but it's like this nice scenic drive and I could go ahead and turn on the tunes and like ignore everything else and just live in my head for a little while. And I really like that. Um, plus, people, there are weird people in the world and I like to meet them. So that was my favorite part of when I used to take... Uh, greyhounds all the time yeah what kind of weird crap is going on in this truck stop yeah see i i, I have a story that i can't tell on the podcast about greyhound trips <laughs> greyhounds are um it's, it's like I r was, to x-rated i can't tell this story if i wasn't a very large dude i don't yeah. think i would ever get on a greyhound they're pretty exactly small. yeah i was a very large man with like a i had the ability to make people not talk to me with facial expressions and I've yeah. kind of lost it a little bit just because I'm I'm less angry. But, yeah, I still kind of have it. My wife said the other day, she's like, I have to bring you places because people don't do anything wrong when you're around. I'm like, yeah, I, I have that ability. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people I just aren't. I took a Greyhound from um, Denver to San Diego by way of L.A., which was weird. Um, and, and that was an experience. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, ta- I would take a Greyhound from Milwaukee. And Milwaukee is on the path between Chicago and Minneapolis. Yeah. So the things that moved between Chicago and Minneapolis were questionable at best. See, I honestly liked Amtrak better. Like I love taking the train. I used to take the train all the time from DC West. I had friends lived in Salt, who lived in St. Louis. I had friends who lived in Chicago. So I would take the, the train from uh, Washington DC to there. And that was good. It was expensive comparatively. I was, you know, at the time I don't, I'm not talking about prices now. I have no idea. But at the time, it was like the kind of thing I couldn't afford to do every like month or anything. Like I would do it once or twice a year. But I liked Amtrak. Greyhound. I took Greyhound when I moved from DC to uh, to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So that was the big Greyhound trip where I met people. Again, I cannot tell this story, but that's where that happened. Speaking it, of movie theaters, though, because uh, we we do actually well, have to talk about movie, but you have more to talk about Overwatch. Yeah, I was gonna say we should Ooh. talk about the Dragon Short though, because that was really that was just released yesterday, and I'm wondering what you guys thought about it. It was really I, good. Yeah, I think it's I my favorite they, so far, honestly. They've moved away from the just introducing stuff that we had complained that they had done. Like, remember when the first short came out and Alex had complained that they were just introing it? I mean, yeah, they moved away from that. I mean, it's still there. It's it's still basically an introduction to Hanzo and Genji, but introducing you to those characters and getting their story started is still preferable to buy Overwatch now. Yeah, it was well, it I, was fantastic. I really I really liked it. I liked the story. I you know 
part of me had sort of wished that they were going to show like the origin story, like that original fight. But honestly, I think that it was it had way more emotional impact to show them meeting up after everything had gone down. It was like, oh, okay, now the dialogues they exchange with each other totally makes sense. All right. They ran into each other, but they did not kill each other because they're cool like that. And I love them both. And they're precious babies. And I want to keep them forever. And I think the next Overwatch short, if I remember correctly, is Soldier 76. But I'm not 100% on that. Um, um, it seems to be whoever gets a animated short doesn't get a comic. And whoever gets a comic doesn't get an animated short. Okay. Well, here's the deal. Um, in like the release trailer stuff that they had, the latest release trailer that they had where Winston was like doing the whole call to arms thing, there were shots of Soldier 76 like infiltrating somewhere and like hitting somebody with a gun, with the butt of a gun or something. I don't remember. Anyway, it was like this brief snip, like clip. And it does it's seem something... like a character who would get a short. Right. It's something that I haven't seen anywhere before. But, but, but here's what I'm hoping, right? You know that whole um, fake news release that they did? About Soldier 76, like where they found him. Yeah. Going into the play Mesa near your house. It was, yeah, it was Watchpoint Grand Mesa. So I'm like, is this one going to take place in, in like my area? Because that would be really cool. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm really excited. So maybe, maybe they're going to debut that at this, at this screening thing. I don't know. Cause it's this Sunday. Mm, it's possible. Yeah. But um, as far as dragons goes, yeah, I think. I think, honestly, the further along we get into these, it's like with the first one, with the Winston one, that was probably the very first one that they worked on. So they were still kind of getting their footing. And with each one that they release after that, they've kind of mastered it a little bit more. So I'm really I hope they keep this going. I really do. Like after the game comes out, I hope it's not just a promotional thing. Well, I mean, the game's coming out this month, so... And it feels like they if they're going to do one more before it, that that would make sense. Am I misremembering this? But didn't Activision Blizzard create a division specifically to create this content? They created no. They created like a. They wanted to have their own TV network, didn't they? Like their own. Well, like they wanted. They have their own studio now. I think. Yeah. Yeah. They wanted to like in-house their tie-in animation. So, I think like maybe this stuff plus like Skylanders stuff is all being made by the same studio. Maybe I'm wrong. I honestly don't know. We should look into that. We have that ability. We do. Yes. Not at this very second, but we do I'm have just, that ability. I'm just excited. I'm excited for the next short. I'm excited for the game release, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do afterwards. Because that's, Honestly, that's the part that, of... I'm, that I'm wondering about is, are they going to carry on doing this after the game is out? Is this something that they're going to like? Is it going to be a perpetual thing? I think it should be. I, I Honestly, I think it should be. I think there should I, be. I would argue against them doing the shorts as a continued thing because this is what i think they should do and the, this is why i think it the, this show this overwatch has been much more heavily influenced by gi joe than any of us want to admit like it's it's got a lot of talent is cobra um these guys are storm shadow and 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 snake eyes genji and, and hanzo very heavily influenced by that i want them to just go ahead and do the animated series do it do yeah. the animated series you know the shorts are that's, great that's what it's, i meant that's oh, what okay. I, meant. I just, I, I just want them to shorts. perpetuate the story is what I'm saying. Yeah. Do the animated series. Do it. I don't know what you're waiting for. I don't know why you have not already started doing it. If you <laughs> if you have already started doing it, yay. Thumbs up. Release if it not, as like a Netflix exclusive or something. I don't care. Yeah. I, don't... I mean the thing 
like, yes, I want them to do it, but I think probably an issue that they're going to face is how to distribute it. I mean, if they're doing a full animated series, they probably can't put it on YouTube for free. Uh, no, so then there's okay. What now? Ne- what network is going to pick this up? None of them. Okay, so do we put it on Hulu? Do we put it on Netflix? Do we have our own subscription service? I, I think it's that's why I was saying put it put, put it on Netflix. Make it. I mean, Netflix is way into the whole Netflix streaming original content anyway. Yeah. They don't. I don't think they have any original cartoon series yet. They have. So, uh, they do. Stuff they imported. They had some stuff they imported. Right. Uh, but but it wasn't it. the Kong one. They do. They have a, a Kong one. Do they? Isn't there some okay. like it's Kong, it's Kong versus the dinosaurs? I know that one exists. Okay. I haven't watched it yet. You'd think I would have like <laughs> the giant gorilla and giant dinosaurs, but somehow I've managed to avoid it. Um, but yeah, honestly though, uh, I do feel like we're going to move on to the movie because the movie stuff has been going on. They've been ramping up the hype for the movie. They put out the Duraton book. They've been doing stuff. So we should talk about the Warcraft movie. Um, we, we already covered the transmog stuff that we now know. The games you get you get the game free if you go to the movie now. Yeah, it's certain cinemas. Certain cinemas Wild are supplies. giving you, the, and oh. it's it happens to be Regal Cinemas, which is guess what my local theater. So hey, I finally apply for one of these things in my dinky little town. I'm so excited. You have multiple accounts. Yeah, I do. So it's not like I need <laughs> another one. But hey, you know, all right, I, I I finally get some sort of promo. Something happens here. I'm excited. Hey, Blizzard, talk to Marcus Cinemas, hook me up, get with it. But you already have multiple accounts, too. Yeah, but I don't want the account. I just want to say my local theater has something. Okay, well. Yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't I don't even, I, I like have no interest in actually having the account. And, I mean, will I use it? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I just like when my area has things, okay? See, I don't, I don't have a second account. I'm pretty sure that my local theater chains aren't taking part in this because Canada. Um, so I'm not going to get it, but I'm just going to go see the movie anyway, because I have literally no choice. Like there is no, the, I... the movie has been like a fever pitch in my house for like months. Okay. Uh, they released, they were, there were what four, four different scenes that showed up mm-hmm. on YouTube and they were yep. scenes from the film. They uh-huh. weren't chopped up trailers. They weren't, it was just like footage from the film itself. And one of them was, let's see, uh, there was... Medivh, Medivh and doing Ka- something to Khadgar. Medivh and Khadgar and uh, Lothar. And then there was one that was, it was fight scene, human versus orc, which was just phenomenal. Um, and featured Clancy Brown throwing a horse, which was just, I mean, that lays icing on the Which cake right there led to speculation whether or not that was a c- actually animator of clancy brown just picked up a horse that day and then there yeah. was an exchange between garona lothar and king lane and then the last one the last one was the one that just like completely got me because it was orgrim and duratan sitting on a hill overlooking this orc camp and it opens with orgrim just like he picks up a pebble and like flicks it at Duratan and it bounces off his head and then the two of them start laughing and it's like orcs giggling it was the best thing I've ever seen it, it is Orgrim Doomhammer and uh, Duratan broing it out like, yeah. straight up you know, yeah. seriously and the, once, um... once I saw that I'm like I need to see this like I, I was kind of on the wary side until I saw that at which point I said wow okay this is number one this is nothing like the trailers and obviously the people that made the movie and the people that are marketing the movie are two completely different people um, 
They need to talk to the marketing people because, you know, yeah. I, I get you were marketing for people who've never seen Warcraft and don't care, but market for people that are on the fence. Do, do at least one trailer that isn't like, you know, it's like, seriously, man, I don't need a, I don't need a base. Drum. You know what, though? You know what, though? Those trailers are working because we saw um, we were watching. What was it? I don't know. Some baseball game. I think it was the twins and somebody that were playing. But throughout the game, every commercial break, almost it was like every commercial break or every other commercial break. There was a there was a commercial for the Warcraft movie. And. My brother was watching this, and like I said, he doesn't, I've said this before, he doesn't play the game, like he doesn't have any interest in playing the game at all, but the more of these trailers that he saw, and there were a couple of them, there were a couple of different ones that they kind of interspersed throughout the game, um, he was like, I kind of want to see that, I'm like, you totally should, <laughs> <laughs> so it is, it is having its intended effect. Like it yeah, is capturing just, the attention of people that don't play the game. Ba- based on those scenes, which may or may not have leaked, I don't know how that happened. I don't think it's fair for me to be critical based on that footage alone. But um, the magic in that first in the scene with like Kedgar Medivh, I thought that looked pretty lame. But based on that scene alone, when you're watching movies, sometimes it's a little different because you're engrossed in the movie and the effects are just kind of adding to what's happening rather than you are only seeing those effects. Like clips from Avengers movies, you can go, oh, that CGI is really terrible. Then you sit down and watch Avengers and you see the whole picture and the whole scene is playing out and you don't even notice it. Yeah. But from that little clip, I thought the magic looked really bad. See, honestly, my pro- I was t- I, I didn't care much about the magic one way or the other. What amazed me was I finally got a chance to see orc faces talking. Yes. Yeah. And I'm um, sorry. Maybe in three years I'll be like, oh yeah, they used too much CGI. It looks ridiculous. But right now I was like I'm amazed at how much like a face it looks. Like it's a moving face. They um, released it- they released still images where they showed it was like a a side by side shot of the actor with the dots on their face to correlate to the program that turned them into an orc or whatever, just through the magic of motion capture. Yeah. Um, and that was really startling to see too, because you could tell, like you saw the actor's face and then you saw the orc's face. And it was like, okay, this is number one. This is where it all lines up. Number two, their eyes are the same. Eye- I mean, it looks like them, but holy yeah. alien. It's just, it's weird. Plus they did, um, Gul'dan. They did well, they Gul'dan. did Gul'dan, but but the one that I was interested in, they had a Draenei in that Draenei series, mother. Yeah. In that series of images, and I hadn't actually, like, I'd seen blurry sort of images, like. No, when, it's a when straight Gul- up Draenei. Yeah. Yeah, when Gul'dan was like opening the dark portal, there were creatures in cages around him, and you didn't see them fast enough for it to really register, but I thought that they might've been Draenei. I wasn't sure. Um, number one, they, they nailed how they look. Oh yeah. They, they really did like the bone structure with the, with the tendrils and all that other stuff. Uh, number two, it's really weird to see a Draenei with like pores on their skin. Like there was yeah. texture to her. I always pictured the Draenei as like kind of their skins, like a wetsuit. It's like a wetsuit or something, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I, my, I still the, the Drenai in question is labeled as Drenai mother, and I'm telling you right now, I think that's Grona's mom. Oh yeah, I'm sure it, it is. is. I'm sure that um, like they hinted they hinted enough in Duratan at the fact that Garona had some sort of backstory going on that I was pretty sure they were going to at least touch on that briefly in the film. Um, 
because they kind of had to just to explain her a little bit. So um, wouldn't be surprised if she's in the movie and yeah. would be surprised if that's her. <laughs> but uh, they did, as Anne put it, they, they did put all the horns and tendrils and so forth on there. And what I found amazing was they, they found that like they, they hewed as close as they could to the bone structure of the actors. Um, if you look at the various ones, the, the ones that I really stuck in my head were the Goldon one where he it's he looks they kept the his face as much as they saying. could. It's like yeah. chiseled. Yeah, they kept as much of his face as they could while sticking gigantic tusks. And that, you know what I mean? He's still got the, the yeah. orc mouth with the huge tusks. But they did. They stuck as close as they could to that face. And that's really astonishing to well, what, me. The what, picture of the Draenei makes me hope that this movie does really well. So we can see more Warcraft movies with the different races instead of focusing primarily on oh, orcs and humans. Duncan like, I want to see all of them done this way now. Yeah, Duncan Jones has already said that he's hoping that there's a sequel because he really, really, really wants to get do like put Torin in a like he wants Torin. <laughs> he wants to I, make Torin real wow, bad. <laughs> I don't know how you're gonna do that. Okay. I, I don't know either, but but I'm sure it'd be fascinating. I mean, if they can do if they could turn Mark Ruffalo into the incredible Hulk, I'm pretty sure they could make an actor actually, into a giant the, the Ruffalo Hulk is apparently what started all this in yeah. terms of the effects. It's in ter- you know, that that kind of thing is what they're doing with the orcs. I gotta tell you, looking at the Duraton or Orgrim scene, that when I look and I watched that their camaraderie thing was cool, but what really gets me is the little, like the space they inhabit. I don't even know how to put this properly, but when a character, you know, is actually present on screen as opposed to like CGI, they inhabit space. Yeah. In a way that CGI doesn't do. Like one of the people talk a lot about the Star Wars prequels, and I I argue back and forth on it. But one of the things I have a hard time with is the lack of space that the robots have. The big robots that are they're you just kind of there. Yeah, they don't have the actors can't react to them, but because of the way they film this movie, the the actors are reacting to each other. The 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 big orcs are acting like they have space. That they 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 take up space. They're really there because there is somebody really there, and I I think that really helped it. I think it looks a lot better because of it. It's a lot more fluid. It's not. I wouldn't say smoother because a lot of times the motions aren't smooth. Like when when a dude picks up a horse and throws it at you. That's not a smooth movement. That's like herking up a horse, you know? Yeah. But there's the other thing that I really appreciated and you can kind of get the sense of it when you look at these images that they release, because some of them are major name characters and then some of them are just extras from the background. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Oh, here's orc grunt, whatever y- you get the, okay. How do I want to phrase this? The way that they did this program and the way that they correlate the points of the face to the actual orc means that every extra in that film, every orc extra, is going to have a different face. They have their own face. It's like unique and individual. You're not going to run into that thing that you run into sometimes with older films where if you look at the background really closely, you see it's like the six same faces repeated over and over. They're just scattered throughout yeah. the crowd. Right. Like I mentioned I mentioned the Star Wars prequels where they like they used a bunch of identical robots because right. that way they didn't have to yeah. do any different right. they, they copy paste sections of a big crowd. Yeah. Right. And they don't have to do that here because the the program whoever came up with that thing, man, props to them because I mean I that's just, just insane. Insane from a deck level. There will probably I don't know. They'll still probably do that in some group shots. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the more big characters battle... on screen, the harder that's going to be. Yeah. Like big battle scenes, they're not going to do every orc's face. But 
they can definitely do it a lot more than they ever have. Like they actually have actors there. They're not CGIing everything. Even when they're using CGI, it's it's got a component of an actual person there. I think that really does help. That is one of the things I, I like about this. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any have we had any real news? We we League in Beta, we know that they're reverting the change to uh talent switching and spec switching. Like it's not gonna cost gold to switch specs anymore. It will cost gold to change talents, which I think is worse. Well, isn't it, it's not talent. It's, it's not gold. They're, it's the books are coming back. No, yeah. it's, it's gold unless you have a specific droppable item made by scribes. Scribes will make an item that can be put on the ground and an entire party can use it. If you don't have that, it's going to cost gold, mm. which, which sounds is, worse. It's yeah, just sounds unnecessarily complex to me. I mean, okay. I'm happy that they're giving scribes something else to make them feel useful, particularly since they're losing glyphs, which was like a giant profession. That was the giant part of the, that was like, that was why you had that profession was for the glyphs. So getting rid of those, it's just like, this is madness, but okay. I, I, I would have been okay with the gold cost for spec switching as long as it was reasonable, you know, because you get so much gold while you're leveling. They raised the level cap. They, they raised the level cap on gold. They didn't raise it because, like, you know, they wanted it to be a bonus or anything. It's because we're getting so much gold. <laughs> they really had to do that. Get me about, like, the, the way that it worked before was it was 15 gold to start, and then it ramped up to 62 gold at the most. That's nothing. For a spec switch? Come on, that's nothing. That's not even a, That's not even that bad if you're, like, level 90. Like, it was really not a tremendous gold expenditure. It's not a gold sink. Okay, so I switch, have the chat channel. Here. Excuse me. I don't me, know the, what you're telling I, I'm, I'm interrupting because the chat channel is saying that it doesn't cost gold. It's free in rested areas or requires a scribe item otherwise. Well, like it... you can't do it unless you have the scribe item or you're okay. in a rested area. Okay, well, well I all right. Uh, that's probably correct. I know if you're in a rested area, you can do it for free. That I know. I thought it was still gold unless you had the item. But if that's not true... No, like you can't change your talents unless you're in an inn or a town or you have that item, item. The item itself will still require you to buy it if you don't have a scribe with you. That's just kind of... That's like even worse. Yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> that's like even worse. Because I mean, at least it about... was like, okay, well, gold sink, all right. It's just another gold sink, whatever. But if it's not gold, if it's like you have to be in a specific place to change your... Like, I thought that this was all about like versatility, and See, and they're yeah. like, yeah, they're. I talent switch for fights. Yeah, right. now you won't and be able to do that without fight. the item. I have a very long uh, opinion post about this coming up on Blizzard Watch at 5 p.m. today. So if you're listening at live, it's there oh, in good. 30 minutes. If you're not listening live, go back to it. So I I don't want to get into it that much because I already have. But yeah, I think it's silly. But I know Hazikasis did specify the inscription item that lets you do this does not require you to have inscription. But a scribe does make it. So if you don't have a scribe in your party with one, somebody in your party will have need to have bought one for somebody to have it. Yeah. And I'm, is it is it one of those you use it once and it's gone things? I don't know. It's not in the game yet. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's so. Yeah. There's that. That's that's a confusing boondoggle that no one will like. Um, <laughs> that's just my opinion. But uh, I think it's funny that, though that that once they announce this, everybody. 
almost immediately said, no, no, just just charge us for switching. We'll take the other instead. If this if this is the alternative to paying gold to switch, we'll just we'll just pay the gold. We'll do that. <laughs> paying gold to switch your spec and then having free talent selection was much easier. Yeah. And much less annoying. Yeah. I, I switched talents per fight. And the thing is, is that if Blizzard's going to keep doing this thing where they make one talent that's good for AOE, one talent that's like good for mobility, and then another talent, you know what I mean? The, the, your talent right. choices are like locked into a way that, you know, you you have to have a certain talent or a couple of certain talents if you know a fight's going to be a certain way. If you know there's no ads on a fight, why would you want to have AOE talents? Right, and that's that was my experience playing the Legion Alpha. When you could change anything at any time, that's kind of how it went in our dungeons. I was like, okay, I haven't seen this boss before. I'll stick with the talents I have. Like, oh, there's no AOE here, but I have all of my AOE talents because that's what the last boss was. But because I have all my AOE talents, I can't do decent single target damage. I have to switch to be able to contribute. Yeah, and if they're going to make it so you need to have a special item to do that, in my opinion, that's not a great idea. Either that or you have to, like, hearth and be summoned back or something. That's, yeah, it's... It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's not. that's not a good design idea. I, I, I can understand if they're trying to make talent choice more meaningful. I get that. But then you have to make it so talents aren't so com- like you know completely there's not a difference for between conditions. there's a difference between making things meaningful and making things inconvenient and, and, and if you can if i you think can change for free in a rested area what i'm gonna end up doing is i'm gonna queue for a dungeon even if you're with five people you know you queue for the dungeon you're in there you have to switch you click the button that says teleport out of dungeon i'm in dollar round i'm gonna switch then i click the button that says teleport to dungeon and i'm back in the dungeon i didn't pay anything it's just tedious it's yeah, it's, it's adding it's adding complexity where there really doesn't need to be any, yeah. and I don't I don't understand why they why they went that route with that because it like I said there's a difference between making something feel meaningful and making something feel inconvenient. One no, of these things beta. bothers people, and one of these things does not. It's a beta test, so hopefully we'll all say no, God no, and they'll be like, oh, geez, no, you're okay. Yeah, the game doesn't come out till August, so I'm guessing that just due to the feedback that they've already gotten, they're probably going to adjust that or do something to that. I can't, I can't imagine them keeping it like this because it's so weird. And and them giving that item specifically describes to make it feels a little bit like, ooh, we kind of destroyed this profession. We don't want to remove it, so let's just give them everything. Let's we... give them one thing. Let's, let's give them one them thing that's actually useful. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's poor scribes. I feel real bad for you guys. Uh, all right. I think at this point we should move on to emails. Um, if you have an email for us, please send it to uh, podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Uh, we love getting emails on pretty much any topic. And as is usual for lately, Anne's going to read them for us. So, Anne? Okay. Our first email is from Velberond and... He says he's the guy who asked the legendary transmog question last time, but he forgot to write his name. So that's who that was last week. Um, anyway, he says, hey, watchers, I had a question about night elf males. I remember hearing about how all night elf men were supposed to be druids and only women were allowed to be warriors lore wise. Is this true? And if it is, why are we allowed to play other classes as men in game? Also, what other classes would you like to see in WoW? I've always wanted to see other classes like Bard, Cleric, Blademaster, or other D&D like classes, but I've always heard that they're too similar to current classes. What's your take on this? Thanks. Keep up the outstanding work. Well, obviously... Oh, sorry, I jumped in there, but my bad. But 
obviously night elves had warriors that were men because we've got you know jared's shadow song and and lord ravencrest yeah but after the sundering it was it's fairly obvious most dudes ended up as druids and they had to go take giant naps so women had to do everything because you know the men there were was uh there was um there was actually originally anyway um, if you look at the original lore from the RTS games and stuff, it very clearly stated that all druids were guys and the sentinels and, you know, the moon guard, all of that. They they were all women. The watchers were all women. Um, and I can't remember when it was. I think it was like they were talking about the history of the game. And I think this was during the whole 10th anniversary stuff. One of the things that they talked about, they talked about this. And they talked about when they were developing World of Warcraft and they were making druids as a, as a playable class that it was already limited enough because only Night Elves or Tauren could be them that they didn't really want to limit it by gender as well because that would just be weird. They want people to be able to play, you know, whatever gender they want to play. So they kind of changed that and... It feels like they changed that, like they retcon that throughout lore. Because when you go back to um, Curse of the Worgen, did you ever read that one, Rossi? The graphic novel? Oh, yeah. Yeah. When Absolutely. they were talking about the formation of the Cenarian Circle and everything, and Malfurion was teaching the Druids, there were Lady Druids there. Yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't a male-only or- organization. And I mean, that was back at the formation of Druids as we know them. So... I, I think there was a little retconning involved there. I, I don't know. What do you think? Did because, well, they obviously had characters like the um, the War of the Ancients book comes out before World of Warcraft, but it came out after Warcraft 3. I feel like they were setting up the ground for that because they had male warrior figures. Yeah. And they would definitely were, you know, they were pretty pivotal to the War of the Ancients. Uh, I I remember the, uh, the one you're talking about, the War of the Satyr, when they show the scenes of uh, the I can never remember the other guy. I always remember uh, Rilar Fangfire and oh, the guy that died. I can never remember his name. Oh, um, Balaras. And he he was Velisra's. It was Velisra who was the priest, right? Balisra, yeah. He was a priest Why of the Bal- was... Balara. Maybe that's yeah, supposed she... to his name. Yeah. <laughs> but, but they were they were tight, and there was definitely no problem there. I I feel like they've they missed the storytelling opportunity to kind of have Night Elf Society be like really strongly matriarchal and like even have like, you know, if you're, if you played a warrior as a male to have the female warrior trainers be like, okay, you know, let's see if you can do it. And just a little bit of that could have been interesting story-wise. Arvel, that was I, well, I think when, yeah. uh, when you're just writing a story that is meant to be consumed just as a story without interactivity, I think you can do things like that, like the, the play with gender roles and all that. But when you, when you're, when you have a game where somebody's creating a player character, whether that's an MMO or a single-player game like a Dragon Age, I think you just kind of have to get rid of that stuff. I think you should just let people be what they want to be. Um, I think if, if I was like, oh, I think I would identify with this kind of character, and I logged onto the game, and the game says, no, you can't be that. Those don't exist. You'd be like, well, that sucks. That would just make you feel bad. Uh, so I think just the nature of you being able to now create your own character in Warcraft means they need to de-emphasize those things. Obviously, I'm not saying that they shouldn't let them have them. I'm saying that they, it would be interesting if there was a little bit of story push to it. But I get what you're saying. Uh, what gets me is, in terms of Night Elves as, as a whole, their society, it never really made sense for all all men to be druids. <laughs> like, what if you're just not druidy? Like, you know, I don't 
actually like animals or trees or any of that stuff. I I, I wanted to make shoes. Nope. You're a druid. You're sleeping for hundreds <laughs> of years at a time. But I literally, like, the dog bites me when it sees me. I, I, I'm not good with animals. Well, learn to turn into one. Dang no it. No cobbler for you. Yeah. Go but to like, sleep. There's, there's, there's a woman out there, like, you know, forced to, like, train every day at the pill. Like, I don't like fighting. Couldn't I? I'm really good with animals. Nope. Sorry. You're an aggressive warrior woman. Are we all aggressive? Like, all of us? Like, there's none of us who just want to, like, stay home? Nope. All of us like to fight. So there is a little... Even the priestesses fight. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of true for night elves, but you know what I'm saying. I, I like it better that you can just play a druid and you don't have to worry about your gender. Just because it, it just... It makes more sense that some women are good at being druids and some men are good at fighting, and that's just how it is. It's, it's not restrictive. The way Alex put it is right. You know, that you don't want to make people tell people, okay, you're playing a druid, you've got to be a guy. But I don't want to be a guy. The whole concept of a matriarchal society was sort of interesting, but it was it's interesting. It was interesting in terms of an RTS game where you're not playing an individual character. You're playing with like teams and sending them out and doing the whole strategy side of things. Okay, there in that setting you know, you can get away with that. That's fine. You're not really limiting choice or anything because you're defining what character these people are playing. You know, you're either, you know, you're playing Arthas or you're playing Illidan or you're playing whoever you're playing that particular hero for that particular campaign. But with World of Warcraft, you're playing random generic hero number 3,462. You can make that generic hero whatever you would like it to be. No limits. It's not defined. You're writing your own story. So they kind of had to open it up in that case. And that's where that whole concept doesn't really fly as well. Because you don't, like Alex said, you know, it doesn't feel good to be limited like that. Yeah, as for the class question, um, I think you actually hit the nail on the head in your own question. Um, Vincent, I actually want to turn play- that to Alex because he hasn't talked a lot because we're talking about like lore crap. So, okay. Alex, Alex, class. What? You want to what? see a class in WoW? What kind of what other classes would you like to see in WoW? I actually don't want WoW to have any more classes. I think adding demon hunters was a mistake. Honestly. Well, asking um, for your input was a mistake. No, it was um, a mistake. <laughs> I don't. I, I think you know there's a lot of cool stuff that's been given to new classes that could have been given to old classes to make old classes really cool. Um, you could have you know these really cool flavorful things as things other classes could use. And we see, you know, with the introductions of Demon Hunters, how many things were taken away from Warlocks to make Demon Hunters into Demon Hunters. Um, they Just make the classes we have as cool as possible. Don't Here's add new ones only to I, take away cool from everyone else. I have a question for you, though. What? At, at, when they introduced monks, did they take anything from other classes? Rogues hated monks. Yes. But did they actually take anything from rogues? Um, I don't... They have improved versions of things. They didn't actually... As, but did they? I'm not. I'm serious. I'm not being sarcastic, and I'm not. They trying took to, like, away any you. opportunity we had for the combo point system to be turned into something that was actually active and interesting, right. and gave that revamp of the combo point system to monks instead with the whole chi point system. So monks didn't say, "Okay, I'm removing this spell from rogues and give it to monks." But what they did do is rogues are going, "Hey, our combo point system is not very fun." Can we have? Can we improve it in some way? And Blizzard said, "Yes, we can improve combo points, and monks are getting it." <laughs> so, in other words, like when they did Death Knights and they gave Death Knights runic power and runes, which runic power is basically just rage but better. Right. They did that again with monks. Is that what you're right. saying? Right. 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 So, see, here's the thing: 
Demon Hunters, when, when Death Knights came along, they got two-handed weapon tanking. And they still have it. That's how they tank. Yeah. Uh, which Warriors had wanted forever and will never get. Uh, monks apparently have done this to rogues in some fashion. Demon Hunters are straight up taking abilities from uh, Warlocks. Metamorphosis, yeah. So is the problem, like, for instance, he mentions Blade Master. How would you put Blade Master into WoW and not essentially remove Arms Warriors from the game? You couldn't. Like, no, you just aren't they basically, if you have cool ideas, give it to arms. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to be sarcastic here. Like, I honestly think one of the problems WoW has is that WoW has up to, like, how many classes does WoW have now? 13. Like, 13. 13 classes. Um, and there's, a like, I, I feel like to a certain degree, some of them are really nice, and there's a lot of distinction between them so far, but how do you add the cleric? Like, what does a cleric do? Like that halfway isn't... between a priest and a paladin, that seems yeah. a little weird. The only one that realistically I could see them adding and making into something completely unique would be the bard. And the only way I could see them doing that is making that class a buff support role. Basically turning them into um, the paladins of vanilla who did nothing but cast blessings. And, and even in that vein... You know, How do you make that interesting, though? They you know? eliminated totems from Shaman, and there were yeah. Shaman that liked totems providing these group buffs. Yeah. Old Shaman were kind of a bard. In a way, yeah. So, I mean, I could see them bringing that in and, and doing something with that. But the problem is, how do you make a, a hero that, you know, does their DPS and their healing and their whatever through boosting and amping other the, the abilities of other people around them how do you make that a compelling character to play solo and yeah. that's that's where that problem kind of rests with the bard class is it still something i'd like to see yeah i think it'd be kind of fun if they could figure it out um i think that there's something compelling that they could do with that but blade master feels too much like arms warrior like rossi said cleric feels too much like a halfway point between a priest and a paladin that we just don't need. So, like, you know, one, one of the classes that gets mentioned a lot is rune masters. Yeah. What, what would a rune master, we've got like, you know, okay, is it a shaman? Death Knights or already use runes. So it'd be yeah, like this weird sort of mesh between a shaman, death knight, paladin yeah, with the blessings. It's like, well, death knights use runes. You know, if the other thing rune masters do that we've seen in a while, like they put runes on the ground, but isn't that just casting an AOE spell that everybody does already? Yeah. Yeah, it's it is with the amount of classes we've got. I mean, I'm not saying you couldn't keep doing them all day long and just accept that they're going to have similar abilities, but at some point it it does feel it, it feels a little bit like you're diluting the game. Like, Someone you know, said Tinker in the class channel or in the chat channel, and I actually I like that idea just because it would be neat to have a class that's based on like mechanical gadgets and turrets. <laughs> How do you yeah. incorporate that into an MMO? That would be kind of fun. Uh, Warhammer had the engineer class, which had turrets. I mean, it, the turret was basically a pet, but it didn't move. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like the totem thing all over again. Yeah. yeah but it would be more active. I mean, totem, the biggest problem with totems was they were always kind of a passive buffing thing, except for like a couple that just did damage. And even the damage-based ones were like AOE pulses or spits at one person type stuff. Yeah. A turret it, at um... least, yeah. What's the, what's the fire totem that just casts fire? Iron Nova? No, no, it's the AoE. It's the remember. one that spits fireballs, and I can't yeah. remember the name of it. I, I know what you're talking turret. about. Yeah, That's what it is. It's a turret. Searing totem? Was it searing yeah. totem? I is think searing that... still an AoE? Might, no, I yeah, remember. I think... I don't remember, but... They have changed shaman so many freaking times. I just... I can't even. 
At this point, I it's I push a button and it drops four totems for me in Legion, and those four buff me in some way, and that's how that works. If I want to use totems, it just does that, and it's really okay. boring. Searing totem is the single target. One. Yeah. Okay. Searing totem is the single target. It was just like it. it just Yay. like it was pew, enhancement. pew pew. You know. Magma totem is the AOE, and then Flame Nova was the one that explodes. Fire- it used to make, or it does now, it it used to be everything with your flame shock did an AoE, and then at one point it was your magma totem did an AoE. Shaman, just keep turning spells into different spells. Yeah. It's a little weird. I Legacy do like the feel twisting. of the Legion Shaman right now. Like, my elemental Shaman that I've been playing, I, I like the way that it feels right now, because it's considerably less complicated than it is on live right now. And it's not that it's really complicated on live right now. It's just that I have such a wide assortment of spells. And there's like maybe five that I use in my regular rotation. And the other ones are all like situational. How many situational abilities do you really need to have when you only have so many buttons on your screen, you know? Yeah, so yeah, shaman design shaman design is the legacy of trying to do multiple things at once. Yeah, and I like that they kind of pared it down a little bit, but at the same time, I miss totems. I miss totems being totems, you know? That was kind of part of the whole feel flavor of the class, no matter which race you were playing at the time. It was it was part of the class. Yeah, so. even you know, as somebody who played in vanilla, even when I log on to a shaman, now I don't even have a high level shaman. I have a low level shaman alt. It feels wrong that I don't have these four totems around me being totems. Yeah. <laughs> them not being there is weird. I like I like throwing them down when we're fighting and stuff like that because it's like at least they're there. As, as When they're visually there, I feel complete. Even though they're not doing the same thing anymore, it's still it's like just having them present in a fight feels right. Yeah, if we're if we're if Legion is having this class fantasy discussion, my shaman class fantasy as someone who has not played one is just totems need to be there. They don't have to do anything. <laughs> I just want to see them. Just make them appear when I'm in combat. Put totems down. Anyway, we should probably move on to the next question here. Um, and the next question is from somebody whose name oh Genesis Genesis pronounced like the game console thank you level 100 blood elf warlock from Moonguard shout out to Moonguard who says hello watchers since before Wrath of the Lich King I've been primarily a horde player not for any specific anti-alliance reason that's just how all my social circles tended to run however as a result I've had barely any exposure to alliance questing this is something I want to fix before Legion so I was hoping y'all could name some cool alliance only quests for my soon to be alt to complete hopefully there are some questions change that are as cool as the horde version of stone talon but anything would be a nice change of pace thanks for putting in all the hard work you guys do genesis well i mean we did stone talon horde uh, alliance side and it was very depressing it's grim um, it's real depressing... grim. kalimdor as a whole is pretty grim for alliance players i mean alliance um, questing in general post cataclysm in the old world is all kind of depressing but um i still i really like um Swamp of Sorrows. As I was alliance. just going to say that Joanna Blueheart. Joanna Blueheart is great. Yeah. So yeah, I can recommend that. I honestly, this is kind of a high level one, and I'm hoping Ian will have a lower level one. But go to the Blasted Lands and do the Blasted Lands quests. Um, alliance side, they're interesting in that they they're a little bit more focused on why the alliance is there, and and there's some interesting byplay. So. I mean, some and of them. Of course, exactly there's the Rathion so. stuff, and the Rathion stuff is awesome. So, 
Southern Barons, um, I think playing it as both factions is interesting. Seeing South how Barons, it plays out. Yeah, if you've played that as Horde, you should play that as Alliance just because it's really kind of interesting. Why did I confuse Blasted Lands with Badlands? I don't know. I don't know. They both have lands Bad in the thing. name. But either way, Blasted Lands is good. Yeah, as long as you're in like the lower level version. it's inter- There's like a Gilnean kind of outpost out there and that's kind of fun. Um, I'm trying to think of like lower level areas. I appreciated um, Westfall. And I know Vanessa that Van Cleef, yeah. yeah, I know that not a lot of people appreciated that because there was like the whole um, detective story CSI parody CSI, thing going on with it. That part ruined it, but the actual story that's happening there, apart from the CSI stuff, the stuff from you... the stuff about Vanessa is really compelling, particularly if you did Dead Minds at all. Um, I know that you said you played primarily Horde, but if you did Deadmines back in the day and you're familiar with, oh, I got to go kill Edwin Van Cleef, whatever, then this is kind of like the follow-up to that, which I found really interesting. Um, Duskwood doesn't quite feel the same as it used to. No. But it's still interesting. Um, the, the the Toby Mismantle stuff, I call him Toby because he's my buddy. Toby. Um, <laughs> Toby Mismantle is actually kind of cool. Tobias Mismantle. It's not the same as the old Legend of Stalvin, but it's still interesting. The old Legend um, of Stalvin. The old yeah. Duskwood was super creepy, and they kind of got rid of that. Um, I would definitely recommend doing Western Plague Lands and Eastern Plague Lands. Not so much. Eastern Plague Lands is about the same no matter which faction you're playing. Western Plague Lands is very different for Alliance players. And the implications yeah. there are really interesting, particularly the end. Just don't do the Plaguelands in a group. No. You'll you'll go insane. Yeah, um, you, the, the, Blizzard, if you are listening, please stop doing quests where a group of people have to all get <laughs> a, an item and it only drops for one of them. Stop doing that. I don't know why you do that. If it drops, it should drop for all the people in the group. Yeah. It's kind of weird how it's sort of arbitrary, too. Um so yeah, the Plaguelands are interesting. Kalimdor, I Kalimdor I still like is I know yeah, we didn't like it, but I like it. I like it. I think it's great. I've played through like the whole thing in Feralus, and I love it. I love the storyline in that zone. It's all like green dragon stuff and cool things, and I really, I, I, I'm just, I love I'm that Chandra's, zone anyway. Yeah. I'm a Chandra's Feathermoon fanboy. Yeah, I just say it. She never gets enough to do in the game, and it always disappoints me. So I liked Feralus just to get to see what she's been up to. What she's been doing in Feralus, like, you know, and how she's worked the Worgen into the whole Sentinels thing. And you'll actually notice, going back to the question you asked earlier, Chandris does not have a lot of dude Worgen in her group. She's been taking Lady Worgen. Yeah. There's um, obviously the quest chain in Stone Talon, but it is, it's very different on Alliance side, and it's very it's depressing. It's then, it's really depressing on I would Alliance say side. almost all of these Alliance quests we've mentioned are pretty d- grim. They're downers. They're downers. And I'm not, you know, we don't want to really want to like sugarcoat that. If you're playing as Alliance in a post-cataclysm world, it's a very grim world. And it seems like, or it feels like, the way that they decided to lighten it up was throw in a parody to something here and there, whether it's CSI or Rambo or, you yeah. know, whatever they're doing. They throw in like these little cheap sort of comedic parody things to kind of like, I guess, try and alleviate all the grim instead of giving you genuine good moments in yeah. there. I it's, was uh, I didn't recognize Keishin as Rambo the first time I went through it. Yeah. So I actually thought it was fun. 
hey, yeah, we're getting together this gang of guys and we're going to go fight the, the Black Rock Orcs and it's <laughs> it's adventure. And then like halfway through it, I'm like, wait a minute. Hold up, hold up, back it up on? here. <laughs> Let me look at this again. Wait a That's, minute. That has even happened to me uh, a few times in Legion Beta where I'm like, wow, this is really cool. And like this character is like a totally different, like I've never seen anything like this person before. This is really awesome. And I look it up and like, oh, this is a reference to Dark Souls. It's like, oh, Blizzard. <laughs> Why can't you make cool new things? You just take other people's things. <laughs> I, I would definitely, though, especially if you've played through Horde side, the, the Southern Barons, play through Alliance side Southern Barons, because the contrast between the two and the way that the two kind of weave together, it's really interesting. And I like how that's one of those zones where I appreciate how they wrote it from both sides. So, yeah. Sorry that's that there's not like... Yeah. It, it, sorry there's not like really light and happy stuff for you to look at but there is a lot of story heavy stuff to look at so if you want light and happy to the detriment of everything else do twilight highlands as a lion yeah yeah ignore the plot to have a wedding party yeah. Okay, oh, that's what you're talking about. Okay, th- that's a that's only part of Twilight Highlands, though. Most of Twilight Highlands is everything is on fire. Twilight Highlands was actually a really fun zone. I liked that zone a lot. Like both sides, I liked it a lot. Um, it was a little more heavy on the Horde side than it was on the Alliance side, but I sort of appreciated the whole ooh wild hammers and like the, everything the first, on the on the Alliance side. I liked it. The first half, I would say, of Twilight Highlands and Alliance is. Orcs are killing all of us, but who cares? Let's have a party. <laughs> mm, that is a very small part of it. It's not the first half. It's like five quests. No, it's not five quests. It's a lot. Certainly not. It's not nearly as many as you're talking about. It's like maybe it's five chains, but they're not very long chains. I don't know. Maybe I'm misremembering it, but it seems like the old you god you stuff don't comes get after. The, it's very brief. You, you don't get to the wild hammers until you've been you've done like an hour of questing. Like you, you are in that zone for an hour before you even get to the wild hammers. Then you have to do like at least 20 minutes of quests to get to the central wild hammers who then make you do the wedding stuff, which I agree the wedding stuff, which could have made sense. Like we have to arrange this marriage to unite these tribes. That part made sense. But then it's like, can we arrange the marriage through like feats of strength or something? Why do I have to, I don't know, cake, got to get him a cake, got to get him. A, you know, it's like, well, no, I don't have to get a musician. That's a, I'm not a caterer. I'm not a wedding planner. See the giant sword on my back caked in the blood of demons? That's what I do. Point me at something. Nope, it's possible. Part of what I'm remembering, too, is the dailies. Because I distinctly remember the dailies for the Wild yes. Hands generally involved retrieve our beer because yeah. the orcs are killing us. Not stop the orcs, but save the beer. Yes, that's true. The dailies were terrible. Look, the beer is really important. <laughs> Forget the lives lost. Don't rescue them. Take their beer, come back as quickly as you can. You have to get food, too. And the food, because beer makes you hungry, I guess. Well, you need something to, like, sop up the beer as you're drinking it. Otherwise, you know, hangovers, and that just doesn't help anybody. Um, <laughs> I think we got time for, like, one more question here. Yeah? Sure, go for it. Okay. Sure. All right. Uh, this one is from Yasir the Torin Hunter. Who says, hello, watchers, I have a couple questions this week. First, is Darkshore cursed or just naturally gloomy? I love the zone aesthetically because it reminds me of where I live, but its appearance has such a strong contrast with Teldrassil and Ashenvale. Let's answer that first. Huh? Yeah. I was going to say, can we answer this fast? Yeah, let's answer that fast. Because I think it might be cursed by this very simple fact that everybody got killed. Like, when I went back there, I was like, oh, my God, everyone's dead. Also, there's like, you know... 
old god stuff lurking around all over the yeah. place, and like and the like, court, dark things happen in Dark Shore. Demons into it. Yeah, Dark Dark Shore is not a great place. I don't know if there's an actual specific curse over it, but yeah. Like Anne pointed out, there's like an old god minion like right down the road that has a big sword stuck in its head, and the, yeah, the whole thing. And is... like Alex said, Fellwood is situated directly above it, and Fellwood kind of leeches into Darkshore, so there may be something going on with that too. It's like fell sludge washing down sludge. the hill. It's sort yeah. of like corrupting everything, but slowly. And also, you know, giant tornado. Um, that wasn't there initially, but even in the vanilla iteration of Darkshore. It was always really dark. Yep. So, yeah, that's what's up with that. Uh, second question. Did any of you notice this shot in the Widowmaker short? Was it supposed to imply that human-omnic relationships exist in the Overwatch universe? Given everything that's happened in Overwatch lore, it seems like that would be considered a taboo. And there's also a nice picture from um, Alive of this girl who's standing there with an omnic guy who's got his arm around her. And they all look very hopeful and everything because nobody's died yet. <laughs> wait 10 minutes and then it gets horrible but yeah um you guys have any thoughts on that um it probably they're at a rally like a pro yeah. omnic you know rally where you know isn't the whole thing with the omnics is that like this group is like we're people we're thinking feeling people so i imagine that the anti-omnic society would see this relationship and be like that's horrible that's unnatural why are you like, friends with a robot robots don't feel um yeah so I'm, I'm sure that is the setup and that people who are anti-omnic would be anti-human slash omnic relations um because you know situations like that have never happened in the real world before fun story that is not the first place that that couple has made an appearance they were actually in the um in the we are overwatch cinematic there was a scene where that robot, he was sitting under a sign that said robots go home or robots die. I don't remember anyway. And she was kneeling next to him. And then Reinhardt pops up because he's about to like unleash havoc and giant hammers on whoever is bugging these two. So um, I don't know whether that takes place before or after what happened in Alive. Probably after. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, they have appeared a couple of different times and... We, we don't know the nature of their relationship. They could just be really close friends. Who knows? But yeah. But even friendship, the, is a roman- friendship is a relationship. So right. still, yeah. Given, yeah. given the general perception of Omnix is kind of shaky anyway, because you have to understand that like these guys, they were helping society. They, they, they were overseeing kind of like the financial aspects. They turned the world into like this utopia with the Omnix. And then out of nowhere... They went rogue and it wasn't it, it wasn't there. There's the implication that something happened. We don't know what that thing was. We don't know if it was like somebody introduced a virus or whether these machines had reached a level of self-awareness that they decided that they needed to rebel against humanity. It, that hasn't been defined yet. But given what the Omnic crisis did to Earth, I mean, it kind of ransacked and destroyed large sections of the entire world it was a worldwide thing when that was over with that trust level had to be rebuilt back up again and some people are far more trusting than others and there's a lot more people that aren't trusting so no people probably wouldn't look favorably on anybody being friend with an omnic depending on what area of the world that you're in in places like numadi 
Um, it's fine. Everybody gets along out there. Um, in places like King's Row, the situation is way more heated. Anyway. And um, we haven't seen much of Russia, but it, it seems like Russia would be not yeah, friendly to the Omnics. Russia's, Russia's got having a second another Omnic, Omnic crisis right now. Yeah, they've got yeah. a second Omnic crisis going on right now. Yeah. So um, that's... In- and Zarya, who is theoretically among the heroes of the game, Zarya is not too friendly with people like Zenyatta because Russia is having a much harder time than some of the other areas are. Yeah, Russia, keep in mind that Russia was never part of Overwatch to begin with. Russia was like, oh, we can take care of our own problems. And they did. They successfully did. They beat the Omnic Crisis on their own. But then it came back again. And now they're having to do it all over again. So they're they're really... They're, they're not keen on Omnics out there. They like the kind of robots that they can make that are giant and metal, and then they can put a pilot in it. Yeah. <laughs> they want a mech. They, they don't want an Omnic. They want a mech. Anyway, that's about it for emails, I think. Yeah? Yep. Yep. Okay. Makes sense. Okay. Well, uh, Blizzard Watch, it's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. And your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads-free site experience. Thank you very much, Anne. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. Uh, again, if you have an email for us, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.